the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Andrea K Show on AM 1170. The Answer is sponsored by Andrea K. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred seven pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Good evening and welcome to the Friday night edition of the Andrea K Show. Glad to have you all here with me as usual. You know I'd love to spend this hour with you all. Got to give a special shout out tonight, not just to DJ Maple Bar, Todd, the best board op in the business. Thank you, Todd, for being here. But I've got two very special guests in the studio with me tonight. This is a gentleman who I actually, it's, it's not the first time I've shared a radio booth with him. I've kind of been sharing the radio airwaves with him for about a couple of years now. Right, Boss Daddy? You got it. You That's got it. right. And those of you who've been tuning in with me on a little show called Close Up on San Diego Business, you recognize that voice. That's none other than the Boss Daddy himself, Barry Waxler. Why, thank you. Thank you. I think, I think this is reverse of a uh, rever- reversal of fortune here you know we got boss mama here yeah this is your show baby this is my show baby so you're gonna do everything that i tell you to do right oh i will get down on my hands and knees and i will right. do anything you tell me to and do. you better because if you don't there's another <laughs> young lady in the studio with us who's sitting behind you your sweet uh, young niece back there that's right who I'm I'm determined. I mean, she's right now. She's not she's not mic'd up. She's not ready to go. But I'm thinking maybe if we have a little fun here in the studio tonight, maybe we can get her on board, right? Okay. Well, if if it has to do with flowers and art, then we can figure something out. Okay. Well, I I don't typically Todd. Do I typically talk about flowers and art on the Andrea K show? Not yet. Not unless I'm thinking about delivering some black roses to somebody who's a liberal. <laughs> anyway. Hey, black, um, black roses, huh? <laughs> now you're getting into my territory. Uh, yeah, but we don't want to talk about your love life, Barry. Thank, we'll save that you. for close up on San Diego business. Uh, but be sure to tune into that show. It's it's right here on AM eleven seventy every Tuesday night from eight to ten p.m. And you know that's where we bring you the best and the brightest of San Diego business because that's really the lifeblood of the uh, of you know America. And the engine that we have here. Hey, Barry's joining this hour with me. If you want to be a part of the show, <clears throat> lots of different ways to do that. You can give us a call at 888-344-1170. It's going to be a tight show tonight, but I'm hopefully going to have some time for calls later on in the show. Friend me on Facebook. You can't friend Barry there because he doesn't know nothing about no social media. <laughs> but you can follow me on Twitter at Andrea K 5 Okay, so what do we got going on tonight? What we got going on is I'm going to be educating Barry. That's what's going to be going on tonight. And I am I'm just a sponge waiting for your information. Mm-hmm. He said, what do you want me to do when he came into the show? I said, well, I'd like you to chime in and contribute, but if you can't, then just sit there and tell me I'm right every time I say something. I thought you were going to tell me to just sit here and look good for you. Well, that too. Okay, good. Yeah, so in fact, during the break, I'm going to snap a little <laughs> pic of Boss Daddy and put it up on the show. So today is June 12th. Do you know what today is in, in history? What is today? Boss Daddy, June 12th. June 12th. Tell me. On this day in history, I probably should have said June 12th in 1987. Do you know what that day in history means? Okay. Well, I'm really good with dates and numbers. 
but yeah, uh, you're a financial not. advisor. You don't know June 6, 12, 1987. Todd, do you know 6, 12, 1987? No idea. You were probably in kindergarten. You were probably in diapers. I've got bras older than you are, Todd. June 12, 1987, on this day in history, one of the most famous speeches was delivered by none other than my hero, the great Ronald Reagan. And he gave the speech in which he challenged Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev to, he said, Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And he was referring to the Berlin Wall, which was a symbol, obviously, of the repressive uh, communist era. And two years later, that Berlin Wall came down. And why did Reagan work so hard to bring down communism? Because he understood. First of all, we all talk about the Reagan philosophy of peace, peace through strength which he showed is exactly the right way, uh, the right approach to take. You know, the absence of war does not equal peace, and he showed exactly why that was true. But he also did it because he understood that American exceptionalism, the demise of communism and the spread of American exceptionalism would provide the greatest amount of prosperity to the greatest number of people around the world. And that's why it was so important for what he did. And now you look, you fast forward to 30 years from now, what do we have now? We've got a Marxist in chief. Y'all know I've been talking about this for a long time. Who's using every tactic in Alinsky's Rules for Radicals to transform America. That's something he promised to do in 08. And he's, he's making it happen. He's trying to transform America with repress, repressive policies of tyranny and control. And we've been talking about a little bit of that with, with and what is represented in my mind in regards uh, to the TPA and the TPP. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, now, Obama's Marxism and his communism may look a little bit different than the USSR. Are you staying with me, Boss Daddy? I'm staying there. I'm just watching you sugarcoat everything here. I ain't sugarcoating a thing. (laughs) It may look a little bit different than than the USSR, but the symbols on the flags are a little bit different. Um, But, you know, a tyrant's got to have their logos. It may sound a little bit differently. You know, the terminology, you know, where they had, I think it was Stalin or Lenin had forward, the liberals have progress. Um, the the replacement of church and state, right on cue. Um, we've got an increasing centralized government that's seeking to gain control of every aspect of our lives, boss daddy. The players and the and the partners may be different. You know, we had USSR and we had Cuba. Now we've got the USA partnering with the Islamist and the Muslim Brotherhood. And while there may not be any physical wall like the Berlin Wall that's seeking to keep people entrapped, but where would they go now? Because they were trying to keep people entrapped who might want to and, and keep people enslaved who might want to defect and go to the West, in particular America. And we've always been, like Ronald Reagan said, we were the shining city on the hill. And, and now if you allow and if you destroy American exceptionalism through the increasing you know, Marxism that we have going on right now, well, you don't even need walls because there's nowhere for anybody to go. We're no longer the shining city on the hill. And the policies may be slightly different because in communism it's all about you know, owning the means of production through a pink slip. But if you're owning the means of production through regulation and taxation and you look at this TPA and this TPP through, through really bad trade deals that destroy the free market and the free enterprise system, then it's the same thing. And that's what's going on here. Now that leads me to this TPA and TPP deal. And some people might say, well, what in the world does Reagan have to do with in the fall of communism with the TPA and the TPP deal? And if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, and I am here with Barry Waxler, host, exec, producer of Close Up on San Diego (laughs) Business, who should have been paying attention to this TPA and TPP deal, Barry, because you are a businessman. I am a businessman. I do all that. 
But, you know, I have to keep you in line. That's that's an awful lot of work just keeping Andrea Kay in line for a two-hour show once a week. Okay? Come on. Well, this is true. That's true. Although some people would say that I'm the one that keeps you in line on Tuesdays when we come well, to do the show. Because it's a little bit like herding cats. Well, we're just having this professional love affair together. And, this you know, it just, just works the way it works. It does. There you go. What does not work is this trade deal and what's going on in Washington. And the reason why this trade deal is bad is for all the reasons why Reagan fought to end communism. It's because this TPA and the TPP deal, it goes to the very to destroy the very heart of what is America. Our country and its foundation was on limited government. It was on free enterprise, economic prosperity, economic sovereignty, and it is being handed over to the world, Barry, uh, through these really bad trade deals. So we've been talking for the past few weeks about TPA, which is the Trans-Pacific Authority. That's going to give President Obama free reign to go and negotiate. Now, this is a man who's practically already destroyed us economically. Well, I take it it's already been shut down, though. No, it wasn't. Okay. No. Okay, here's why it wasn't. And this okay. is where it gets confusing. First of all, we already had to clear some confusion, did we not, Todd, in ter- last night in terms of what the TPA is versus the TPP, right? Right. So now we've got also we find out today that within the TPA was the authority to give President Obama the green light to go and negotiate the trade deals on the part of the American people. It's Congress handing over their leg, all of their legislative powers um, to um, President Obama. What a lot of people didn't realize with the, was that within that was something called the TAA, which was this um, – other secret provision, this other secret amendment, Barry, that would basically say it was a funding mechanism that had to be voted on because the trade deals that are supposed to always end up with increased jobs and increased prosperity for Americans always actually ends up costing Americans jobs. So the TAA provision and amendment was meant to take taxpayers' money to pay people an income who lost their job due to bad trade deals. So that got voted down today. So the TPA got voted Four, to give the authority to President Obama to go and negotiate trade deals, but an aspect of the trade deals, the TAA, got voted down. So now it's kind of in flux. Well, So I'm not really sure what's going to end up happening next week, but I think it's not too late. Uh, this was an embarrassment with the TAA getting voted down today. It was an embar- embarrassment for President Obama. It's not too late for the American people to still get involved and stop it from you know, completely going forward. Well, it looks like they had their uh, Obama's right-hand person sitting in the middle of it, Nancy Pelosi, and she is uh, uh, one of my least favorite people. Well, yeah, and the interesting thing is, horror of horrors, I never thought there'd come a day where I'd be sitting here agreeing with Nancy Pelosi. She was all for the TAA because, of course, what is the the TAA was all about taking, you know, uh, taxpayer money and and, um, compensating other Americans for not working, basically. Uh, She voted against that because she didn't like this trade deal. So I find myself in the uncomfortable position of agreeing with both Nancy Pelosi and Jeff Sessions, who basically, as I talked about last night, um, basically has been trying to warn everybody that this is an overreach. The American people, I'm going to say it again, but then we've got to go take a break. The American people said in, in November they wanted to stop the overreach of the executive branch. They wanted to stop Congress from giving the executive more and more and more power. And they wanted to stop amnesty, both immigration and, and a even freer reign for President Obama to do more with amnesty, as well as to give him more power to the executive branch, was what this TAA 
TPA and TPP was all about. And to those who thought that the TPA was supposed to be um, past the TPA and then suddenly everybody was going to get to see what was inside the TPP, that is a lie. You can go read Jeff Sessions' arguments. He said that that was all a ruse, that the second the TPA gets officially going forward, the TPP will be done. And they did not want anybody to know what was in this TPP deal. That's why all 800 pages are in the basement and it's under lock and key and nobody's allowed to see it until the TPA goes forward. We do not want this deal and it needs to go down and it's not too late to keep it officially from going forward. Go to, go to, I put the, uh, the website up last night. It's G-O-V-T-R-A-C-K dot us to get the name and phone number of who you need to call to stop this. Now we got to take a break. Somebody needs to stop me, Todd. Because when we come back, we're going to shift gears, and we're going to talk to the amazing niece of Martin Luther King, Dr. Alveda King. It, she is also the director of African Outreach, African American Outreach, Outreach for uh, PriestForLife.gov and .org, and she's also the author of King Rules. And I had an interesting conversation with her. And it kind of ties in to Ronald Reagan and what my friend Timothy Shea was talking about last night because he talked about the need for why we need to keep morality and keep our Judeo-Christian principles as a part of our society and why it's really important when we're looking at these communities like Baltimore and Ferguson and McKinney. So don't change that dial because when you come back, none other than Alveda King on the Andrea K. Show. Don't change that dial, folks. Want to start living better, longer? LaVita Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. Convenient, homestyle recipes, and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego-style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it, too. This is AM 1170, The Answer. San Diego's home for intelligent, conservative talk. AM 1170, The Answer. Alvita King, thank you so much for being back on the Andrea K. Show. Andrea, hello. How are you? And to all of your listeners. Oh, thank you. You know, we had a little bit of a snafu last time I had you scheduled to come on the show and um, because we had some technical issues here at the station, and I apologize for that. And then when I got to thinking, well, there just may not be enough coming up in the next you know, couple of weeks to in, invite Alvita back on so quickly. But you know what? It's just still, we still have Baltimore as a hot spot. We've got now, we've got this McKinney, Texas situation going. And so, of course, and it's always timely and appropriate to have you on the show. Now, I know that you were just in Baltimore. Um, but before you give us an update on, on where the city's at right now, I want to remind everybody about um, when the riots first erupted, you wrote a letter to the mayor of Baltimore that got a whole lot of people talking. 
because yeah. it was a yeah, it was a really strong letter to her. And in fact, I'm going to read a couple of quotes here. Uh, you said to her, "Your invitation," and this was uh, to Ms. Rawlings Blake. You said, "Your invitation to give space for those who want to destroy is unbelievable. This interpretation of rights to free speech is dangerous, ma'am." Then you went on uh, to challenge her in terms of what she was. Um, encouraging and how it really contradicted the message of your wonderful uncle and your father, A.D. King. You went on to say, in 1963, my father, Reverend A.D. King, after the firebombing of our home in Birmingham, Alabama, urged hostile protesters to abandon violence and turn to God in prayer instead. And thank God, you went on to say, thank God they listened to him and the even greater voice of his brother, my uncle, MLK, during those turbulent days. You went on to say... Now you are inviting violence to your city. Who, man, will incur the moral and economic cost of picking up the pieces, the innocent taxpayers? That was a brilliant letter. I haven't heard anybody speak to her and and raise these issues in terms of what she did. Now that you've been in Baltimore this week and touring there and, and seeing the resulting carnage of what happened with the riots, what would you say to her now? Interestingly enough, and it was wonderful to be in Baltimore. As a matter of fact, I did a blog on Newsmax and at AfricanAmericanOutreach.com, my Priest for Life blog. And I found, it's always, I always find a dichotomy when I go into cities, whether it's Sanford, Florida with Trayvon, whether it's Michael Brown over in Ferguson, now moving over into Baltimore. And if I were to go to Texas, and I may or may not, I may just kind of pray and work with the people. But what I see is a dichotomy. You know, there was a story, a tale of two cities, the rich and the poor. But in these cities, you also see the carnal and the carnage and the prayer and the prayerful. So I like to go in and meet with the prayerful people of the community and the people who can impart hope. And so interestingly enough, when I was in Baltimore, I was just a few blocks down from the CBS that had been looted, the areas that were burned out and boarded. But... I was in front of the Billie Holiday statue there in Baltimore, Mm -hmm. and a little schoolgirl came up, and they let the children know and the community know I was sitting there in the car, I was resting. And the little girl looked up into my face, and she said, why are you here? And I said, I'm here because I love you. We love you, and your city needs help, and we're here to help. And I had a copy of my children's version of King Rules. There's a book about my family, and it's King Rules for Children. And I had several of the children gather with me, and I talked to them about the family and nonviolence, and I promised them, and it was true, that I would be praying for the city. I went to a charter school where a little boy and his mother, uh, the little boy attended the school, and his mother had been executed, uh, shot in the head execution style, and the little children were so sad, and they said, we want to know who killed him. I said, well, I believe the police are, are trying to find us find out, but life can be hard, it can be challenging, but mm-hmm. please don't lose hope. And I was with the uh, the police, the commissioner didn't come to the forum, I was with the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, the local chapter, the NAACP, uh, there were Democrats, there were Republicans, there were people of every ethnic group, and the solutions and suggestions that they were putting forth were brilliant. They didn't need me to come there for that, but to just listen, pray with them, tell them what I thought I heard and to encourage them. So we can see any time we can see the carnage and the bad things, but uh, where sin abounds, grace abounds that much more. Be not overcome by evil, overcome evil with good. God is good. And so I like to go into those areas and encourage the people. And and that was in my letter to the mayor, as a matter of fact. I was just asking her, ma'am, have you really considered 
what you're saying. I wasn't trying to be mean. It was There was no disrespect intended. She is the mayor. She was duly elected by the people. And so there was no disrespect intended. But I believe that sometimes the hard questions absolutely must be asked. Uh, yeah, it, and, and I love that you're asking those questions. You did it in a way that was respectful, and I'm so glad that those questions came from you because a question like that coming from, say, a Megyn Kelly or somebody like myself would be received immediately as just disrespect and not thought-provoking, and it was really meant to you know, raise the questions. And you actually posted a great picture that I think really brings those questions to light you, it, on Facebook, and it was um, pictures of images of people peaceful protest with your uncle and the difference between what is a pre, pe, what is a real protest versus a riot and I, and I love that you're bringing hope and trying to bring a positive message uh, to Baltimore and these communities and that's one of the things that why I wanted to invite you on the show because there seems to be too much focus we even have funded protesters movements going around to these cities from Ferguson now to McKinney and to Baltimore specifically to incite racial tensions specifically to bring a negative focus to really, you know, continue to propagate misery and unhappiness and all of the negative versus bringing hope. And when I look at what happened in McKinney, there was this um, uh, radio host there who said, look, you know, we had 130 kids there. Only seven of them were bad and, you know, and took this in a bad direction. And everybody's trying to make it out to be something worse than what it is. And it's a way to avoid looking at the real issues within the black community. And you said that in Baltimore, you went to this, you know, criminal justice panel and there was discussions of, of solutions. And I'm curious, you know, the narrative from the left is that the police and America is waging a war on black people, that all the problems in the black community are a result of this. And it's not based on any other particular issues in the black community. Can you tell me what you perceive are the issues in the black community and what the solutions are? The issues in the black community are exactly the same that we have in every community. People need jobs, good education, safety, security. There's a moral uh, deficit within our country that affects every community. Added to that is the battle of skin color in the black community, but in other communities. What side of the streets you live on? What uh, part of the world in Europe were you born in? uh, Were you privileged or not privileged? You work in class or the elite? All of that exists in every community. Uh, Certainly the skin color factor plays into the African-American community. And all of that comes out of the soul or the flesh. You look at somebody's flesh and you can look at their skin. Uh, but you can't determine the state of their heart by seeing that skin. Right. In the soul, the will, the mind, and the emotion, you still can't get to the spirit. It's where we meet in the human spirit, connecting our spirits to God, that we find peace, comfort, security, and answers. Even when I think about Bruce Jenner, and I think he was trying to change it to Caitlyn Jenner and all that, but he said he was empty. Yeah. And I said, well, you know what, Mr. Jenner, growing your hair, throwing something on, cutting something off, all that, that's not going to answer your spirit. It no. really won't even heal your soul. No. And your body is just going to be confused. So when I say things like that, people in the various communities, ethnic communities, skin color, pro-life, marriage and family, uh, racism, you know, I get a lot of hits and attacks. But the real answer, our spirits are designed through prayer to connect to God and find solutions. And if we're not doing that, and I'm not ashamed to say that. I was sitting in uh, Baltimore, sitting in Ferguson, sitting over in Sanford, 
um, just wherever I go, I say, well, can we consider God, please? Right. And we must do that. We have to do that. Absolutely. And in fact, you know, on my show last night, we were discussing the founding of our nation and that it it seems as though it's not coincidental that the farther we have gotten away from God, we are a country that was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. And the farther that we have gotten away from God and the more that there has been a movement and an agenda of removing God from society, it's coinciding with the increase of violence in every community that we have across the nation. And to me, it's by design, because if they can replace God with state, they can amass more power to the state and take it away from the individuals. And to me, the solution is always about individual responsibility. To me, that's what being a Christian is about. It's about, you know, um, my personal relationship with God and, and, and doing right myself as a human being and not looking for anybody else to do things for me, uh, you know, in, in, in regards to some other taxpayer. I've got a couple of questions for you from the listeners <clears throat> before we run out of time. Here's a question. You have so many fans out there. You must know this, Alvita. And Yes, and one of the questions is, do you have any hope of the, and this is a little bit of a political question, do you have any hope of the wider black community recognizing that it, it is conservative, pro-family, pro-small business policies that will best further their economic and social advancement and not the leftist big government pro-abortion policies that have been so destructive to those objectives? Well, the only challenge with that question, and please, I I generally try to be as honest as I can, when it's couched like that and phrased like that, it, you know, it will alienate part of the population because they won't agree or won't know what we're talking about. But conservative views, family views, one man married to one woman, conception from life to natural death, all of that, it simply means this. Love, mercy, do justice and walk kindly before your God. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not murder. So we could go beyond the language that we're used to using now and go all the way back to the Ten Commandments and then end up with the commandment of Christ. Right. Love God, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so I believe that if people can simply recognize without the polarization of the camps. I'm a, I'm a Republican. I am what is called conservative. Mm-hmm. And I do uh, believe in every value that you've just named. But those are kitchen table values that if you really sat down with most people, not just in America, but around the world, even if someone's a Christian, a Muslim, a Buddhist, or various things, they would still desire uh, peace, love, food for their families, and safety and security in their community, you see. So the alienation comes from the, the division of the camps and the language and the appearance of our body or what house we live in or how much money we make. All of that has to stop. And uh, people ask me now, so you're going to force Jesus Christ on me? You're a Christian. I said, absolutely not going to force Jesus on you. I'm just going to tell you what Jesus has done for me. Right. And so if that's not something you desire, okay, we're not going to argue. We're not going to fight. <laughs> right. So. I saw my uncle do that for years, Martin Luther King Jr., my daddy, Alfred Daniel Williams King, A.D. and M.L., Daddy King. They're totally happy to be Christian men and Christian preachers, Mm -hmm. but they met people in the arena of love. They called it the beloved community. Mm -hmm. And so I really don't think that it is Republican, conservative, traditional values that's going to save the country. I believe that it is God Almighty who's going to do that. And mm-hmm. those of us uh, who have those labels, uh, we try to fit in a line as closely as we can with the Word of God to do it. But uh, there's room at the welcoming table for everybody. And so we can agree on one thing. 
that God loves us and that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I believe we can do that. Absolutely. And I, and I love what you're, where you're going with this in terms of changing the, the buzzwords that just instantly get people's back up and make people feel defensive and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and alienate people. And if thinking about your uncle, you know, you know, the, and the great, the, the most famous speech of all time, the, I have a mm-hmm. dream speech. I mean, if, if we, if the, and I was going to pose this question to you, how can the Republican party reach out more and reach more uh, folks in the African American community? And I think you already answered my question. It's using language that speaks to everybody and not continuing to use language that's going to immediately alienate. And your uncle was absolutely the, the greatest at that in human history. Everybody talks about Ronald Reagan being the great communicator. I think it was really your uncle and his, well, think- his ability to reach everybody. If you would go over, I think it's even on my Facebook or Twitter or somewhere. I was on the Baltimore Sun this week, and there was a video attached to it, and it was so amazing because the reporter kept looking at everybody. He was like, NAACP president, black Democrat, uh, RNC, white woman who's over that. Uh, what, what are you people doing? How are you in the same room? How are you smiling? <laughs> How are you riding in the same car? How you eating at the same table? How are you doing this? And we were like, doing what? We're just here to help the community. <laughs> and so the man couldn't believe it to such a point. He did ask the uh, young lady, the Republican, uh, Nicolee, at the end. He says, and so what's the Republican doing here? She just kind of laughed. And he, she said, look around you. You can understand why I'm here. We need to help people, you know? Right. So it was, uh, we just weren't arguing and fighting. And so um, that's just what's important. And if we can get there, uh, we'll do better. My uncle said it beautifully. My daddy, my granddaddy, Jesus Christ, of course, did, and his apostles, uh, in the in the letters especially, but even in the Gospels. So we just we have to do it. Uh, uncle Mel said we must all learn to live together as brothers, and I added sisters or perish as fools. And that's just kind of true because Acts seventeen twenty six says God made us of one blood. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what are we fighting about, you know? And, and right. it's just, we must stop. We must stop. What a, what a thrill it was for me. That wasn't the first time that I've talked to Alveda King. I've interviewed her a couple times before, and it's just always such a pleasure for me because she just reminds me of, you know, that there's never a loss of hope. And she just is such a peaceful presence to me. And, you know, always, for some reason, harkens back to Ronald Reagan for me. That was part one of my interview. I've got some more topics that I talked to Alveda about. And I'm going to bring those to you guys in part two of my interview with Miss King uh, next week. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to pick it up on the other side. We're going to talk some sports. We're going to talk a little global warming. We're get, we got more things to talk about here on the Andrea K Show. And we're going to see if Boss Daddy's got anything he wants to contribute. So don't change that dial. More fun on the Andrea K Show when we come back from this really skinny, quick little break. Don't change that dial. Intelligent. Conservative. AM 1170. The Answer. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego-style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it, too. Do you struggle with the day-to-day management of your business? Proteus takes the pain out of the business process management by providing you a complete system for efficiency, automation, continuity, 
Proteus is business solution that wraps itself around your business and grows with you. Gone are the days of multiple programs and systems for sales, inventory, customer management, and financial reporting. Proteus serves your business every day, all day, and revolutionizes the way you do business. Visit us today to see how Proteus can assist you online at www.proteuserp.com or call today, 877-749-3533. Saying, I don't know, is no longer acceptable. This is AM 1170, The Answer. Why gonna fly think, now. Thank Welcome back to the Andrea K show. I am having a great time here tonight. Sharing the booth with none other than Boss Daddy Barry Waxler from Close Up on San Diego Business. A little inside joke there with that song, because he's from Philly. He's a Philly boy. An ex Philly boy. An ex well, you can can you ever take you the Philly take, out yeah, of Philly? Yeah, you can take the boy out of Philly, you can't take the Philly out of the boy. No way. Yeah, you can't take the that means you can't take the cheese whiz. Right. Out of the man, right? No, the no, Philly no. cheese there was whiz. No cheese yes, whiz? there's cheese whiz. I no. watch Food Network. I know that the number one uh, Philly cheesesteak sandwich in the city to, has cheese whiz that's on when you it. Go to Pat's and Geno's. They're the worst steak houses in the place, mm, man. I you go down you know, to Lee's Hoagie House. Well, you know what? I don't mind cheese whiz. I've never, you know, I'm one that I, I, if you can't appreciate liquid cheese, something's wrong with you. <laughs> now, this is normally when I would have my entertainment reporter Della B bringing the Hollywood buzz. But quite frankly, there's not really anything interesting happening about three hours up the road up here. So I, I, I got, I'm going to throw a little red meat out there to you men, okay? Like Timothy Shea, who's listening, and some of the other guys out there. I, I'm offering up a little sports segment, although I don't have much to add because my number one sport isn't even in play right now, and that's the NFL. I understand that there's other sports that happen out there throughout the rest of the year. What are you talking about? Things it's not that in involve play. sticks and things that involve like hoops. Yeah, but I'm not well, one for that. So what's happening around the world of sports, men? Well, I wanted to ask Barry first, what are those famous stairs that Rocky runs up? That's the art museum in, in uh, downtown Philly or Sunny City, Philly. You guys have art in Philly? Yeah, they, they actually have I'm Rocky. Not aware of art. The, yeah, no, it's a huge art museum. I'm telling you. You know, it takes. What, 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 what kind of art is hanging on the walls well, in a Philly you know, museum? You're, you're talking to the wrong guy to go <laughs> inside the art museum. You know, I just know where the art museum is. Oh, okay, okay right. Some tasty cakes. That's right. I tasty like the butterscotch tasty cakes. Tasty okay. cakes. All right. That's art. Tasty culinary cakes. art. No, it was interesting. Years ago, they took down the famous statue that, of Rocky. No, they didn't. It's still it's there? Still the, it's down at the bottom of the stairs instead of the top now. Why? Because, they just, because they, Rocky's so old now. Yeah, they didn't want <laughs> to make it Rocky the 57, you know. All right. Okay. So what what's happening in the world of sports? Well, the sports right now, it's entertaining time for people that like basketball and NHL. We've got both the teams tied up. NHL, that is what? Oh, hockey. National Hockey okay. League. All right. And, uh, I'm from the South, okay? Hey, hey, we don't even know, have field listen, hockey. We grew either. up with the Broad Street Bullies who changed the game of hockey as we know it today, mm-hmm. okay? Okay. So hockey is a great sport. Well, I don't. It's not like it's not on the level of like roller derby. But (laughs) (laughs) anyway, I thought hockey was over. I thought my friend Timothy was all sad because his team lost in in hockey. I thought the season was over. It's not. It's it's still going. It's got Tampa Bay versus the Blackhawks. Oh, okay. All right. Then in. NBA, we've got the second coming of the King James make it made his uh, way back to Cleveland okay. and his first year back with Cleveland took him to the championships. Oh, okay. Well, I thought 
Yeah, I thought he went to Miami or somewhere. So he's back in Cleveland. Yeah, so everybody now, that burned their LeBron James jerseys had to buy new ones. Oh, well, hey, it's all about the merchandising. So I'm sure they raised the price, too, just to punish the people who burned the jerseys. They had, okay. to, they had to pay for LeBron's salary to bring him back. Oh, uh, yeah? Well, there you go. And he did right. come back with a different number. So more incentive to buy a different jersey. Okay, hey. <laughs> but keeping it local and NFL for you, they did yes. announce this week that there's going to be a special election for the vote on the Charger Stadium. Okay. And it's going to be a mail-in ballot only, which I think is good because it's hard sometimes to get people down on the polls. Okay, so it's yeah. a mail-in ballot for what? Uh, what are we going to be the voting? Stadium, the stadium. stadium issue. Okay. D- how much is it going to cost us? Uh, it's going to be expensive. It's billions. Be expensive. Hmm. Is, but the taxpayers aren't going to have to fund it all. Oh, they're not. Is Philip Rivers coming back? That Hopefully will determine so. my vote. Okay. Well, he's coming back for Alabama. one year regardless for this next season. Well, yeah, yeah he's a Southern boy, and he'll I love Philip Rivers. He'll be Rivers. there for at least two more years. He's my favorite Charger. So if Philip's coming back, I will I will send my mail-in ballot to keep the Chargers around. Okay, thank you. In you San Diego City, though? Pardon me? It's only people in San Diego City, not county, which is kind of interesting. I'm in La Jolla. Does that count? Yes, that counts. Thank what you. I, what I think's funny is I should people, have two votes. Yeah. Since I'm an NFL fanatic. The poor people in La Mesa, that's not San Diego. That's not in the city of San Diego. So they're right next to the stadium. They're not going to be able to vote on it. doesn't even make sense. It should be everybody in San Diego County. What kind of libtard policy is that? Well, it's it's all city governments versus incorporated governments outside the city. Oh, 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 it doesn't make sense. But you know what doesn't make sense? i got to shift gears here. Okay. Okay, I opened the show. First of all, I forgot when I opened the show to give a dedication tonight. <clears throat> this is And the fact that I waited until now to make this dedication does not in any way diminish how truly important this night is for me. Those of you who have been uh, listeners of the Andrea K. Show for a while um, know of a dear friend of the show and a dear friend of mine who passed away uh, four months uh, today. In fact, I think my inaugural show here on AM 1170 was the night that uh, was my first show without Marie Evers. And uh, many of my friends on Facebook and supporters of the show know Marie and know how much she meant to me. And I'm going to get all choked up. But it's um, anyway, tonight's show is dedicated to Marie and to um, her love and her support for me and my show. Okay. Now, oh, I'm getting all verklempt. Okay. Now, I started the show hearkening back to June 12, 1987. Um, there were some people, ABC actually, who back in 08 hearkened to June 12, 2015. Do you know why? You want to venture a guess as to why June 2015, a prediction that ABC News had, what it was about for June. Think about my min- my my uh, menacing voice. Well, it's not the what were they predicting? Of Ronald Reagan, I can tell no, you that. No, of course not. What what was going to what why were they predicting something major was going to happen in June 2015, Todd? Woman was going to announce she's running for president? <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! That was that was too easy to predict. <laughs> Actually, oh, hey, we already had a woman running for president. Hillary was was trying to primary and trying to get the nomination. So, good guess though. Actually, in '08. ABC actually did a movie uh, that was a documentary that was predicting that by June 2015, New York City would be completely underwater due to climate change. That's a bold prediction. <laughs> You're being kind. <laughs> that That is like, it's it's insane is what it is. That's how off the rails these people have gotten with climate change. We're actually, in the matter of seven years, this is how hysterical they were, actually believing that this is how dire it was, that climate change was so, so much more of a threat to us than ISIS or Islamic uh, um, 
radicals that they actually predicted that a uh, carton of milk would be thirteen dollars. Um, <clears throat> uh, New York City uh, gas would be nine dollars a gallon. Um, they actually produced this. It was called Earth 2100. It, they ended up delaying the air date and they didn't air it until 2009. Of course, it's been buried and nobody wanted to mention it again since none of Al Gore's predictions came true. They had to change it from global warming to climate change because the winters have been getting worse and we haven't had all the hurricanes. We don't have Florida underwater. Uh, do we, Jessica? No, we don't have Florida underwater. So anyway, I thought you guys might get a chuckle out of a flashback in 08, June 08, where they predicted that by June 2015, all of New York City would be underwater. Although, you know what? It wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing for some liberals in New York City to be underwater. Am I wrong about that? <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, may, yeah, that way they might want to flush out some people up there. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of the other old predictions from very famous people. Like Nostradamus? Know, California was supposed well, to be was, over in the ocean. I was thinking of Bill Gates when he once came out public and said, well, 640K of memory ought to be enough for anybody. Oh, he, <laughs> you know, yeah. What a genius that guy. Thomas, right? Thomas Watson, IBM computers came out one time and said, well, I think there will be room for about three computers in, in people's homes at any point in time in the future. OK, wow. these are people that uh, were in the know, but not quite at that point in time. Mm, they don't they, they don't have yeah. quite as much no as we thought they had. That's true. Um, speaking of not have a whole lot of no. Um, now I'm going to shift gears and talk about. um what we did know and what was easy to predict, speaking of predictions, it was really easy to predict that when President Obama took over office in '09, that when he decided to pull the troops out of Iraq, what was going to happen. In fact, W himself predicted that you pull everybody out of Iraq and you're going to leave a vacuum. And that's going to leave rise to have what happened in Iraq, the same thing that happened in Libya and Egypt when um, – when we had the power vacuum created there by taking down uh, those military strongmen there. So that what W predicted came true. We now have the rise of the Islamic State there. And there, when ISIS first came about in Syria last year, I think it was, uh, President Obama declared that we would degrade and destroy ISIS. Well, he's done more to degrade and destroy America and its exceptionalism than he has ISIS. So sure enough, he even comes out, this past week and said, well, we don't have any strategy. And he blamed the Pentagon for not having any strategy. Well, is there anybody here who does not believe that the military geniuses that we have in the Pentagon with the Joint Chiefs of Staff and the Department of Defense, that they don't have a strategy to take out these guys? We could have taken them out when they had their Mardi Gras parade after they took over Ramadi a couple of weeks ago. We absolutely could have taken these people out. Well, now, Barry, it seems as though... Um, in just some kind of last-ditch, you know, um, and not last-ditch, but just kind of appeasement effort. We've got the poor man surge. We've got now 450 troops that are being sent over there. It's almost like it's like the spaghetti uh, approach. You know, you toss some spaghetti up against the wall and see what sticks. I mean, can you imagine if Shane, you've got a young, you've yeah. got a son. Yeah, I do. I mean, how would you feel if the commander-in-chief had that kind of apathetic, you know, approach? Oh, I'm just going to throw 450 guys over there in the Anbar province yeah. with no strategy. Wouldn't wouldn't sit wouldn't sit well with me. I'll give you that. Yeah, and <clears throat> so uh, you know, I'm not hearing anything from the Republican candidates out on the campaign trail. The only one that I'm hearing that's that's got a comprehensive strategy, who's talking about it openly and answering questions, is my gal Carly Fiorina. She says she listed out 
uh, quite a few things that she would do day one. One of the things she talked about would be a Camp David summit with all the Arab leaders and talking about how they needed to own that area. She talked about uh, reestablishing a base in the Anbar province that would have a lot more than 450 boots on the ground. But she also talked about airstrikes and, you know, a lot of other strategies. So where are the other Republican candidates in terms of what the approach is going to be? No, um, the Republican Party has been so focused in the last two weeks in trying to shove some secret deal that gives away immigration negotiations to the rest of the world through President Obama. That's where the GOP establishment has been. It's just absolutely crazy. Speaking of crazy and some other stuff that's been happening behind the scenes is those of you who have been friends of the Andre K. Show for a while, you know that I stand with Israel. You know how much I love my man, Bibi Netanyahu. And um, what I did not know, in spite of the fact that I am a, a friend of Israel and how much I love Israel, I did not know, and I don't know if you know this, Barry, but back in about 13 years ago, President Bush um, and um, the legislation passed a law that said that citizens born in Jerusalem could list Israel as their country of birth. Well, I mean, I don't even know why that had to be a law passed. I mean, to me, you're born in Jerusalem. That means that Israel is your your country of birth. Well, President Obama didn't like that because there's not a two-state situation going on over there. So he pushed um, to have that law overturned. And the Supreme Court of the United States, including Justice Thomas, decided to agree to overturn that law. So now... We've got citizens that are born in Jerusalem that are not allowed to list Israel as their country of birth. And the reasoning behind that is President Obama is saying, I'm going to hold that hostage until Israel agrees to a two-state solution. You know, the crazy thing about all that is your your boy, as you call him, Bibi. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. He's he's a U.S.-born guy. Right. Yeah. 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 he, he, He grew up in my old neighborhood back in Philly. Oh, so, now, he, there's a Philly he, man I could yep, get behind. He he went to my high school. Oh, no wonder I love you, Boss yes, Daddy. Mr. Mr. Cheltenham High himself. Yeah. And, you know, to, to people out there who might think that this is insignificant, this is absolutely, it's just one more spitball in the eye of the, of the Jewish people. It's one more example and proof that we are not the ally that we should be to, to our Jewish friends and to our Jewish loved ones over there. And I'm, where is the GOP in this? Now, Justice Roberts, who threw us under the bus for Obamacare, wrote a scathing rebuke against the majority when it came to this and said it was absolutely outrageous that, uh, that this is occurring. And Justice Roberts, you've almost redeemed yourself on the Obamacare thing. Now, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Don't change that dial. We've got more to talk about here. Speaking of Carly Fiorina, we're going to talk about her. We're going to get a little sounds from the campaign trail and also some sounds from Spokane. So don't change that dial. It's the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer. AM 1170, The Answer. Everywhere you go on iHeartRadio. Want to start living better, longer? LaVita Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. AM 1170, theanswer.com. 
Hear us anywhere in San Diego and the world. AM 1170, The Answer. Hello, welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. Boss Daddy, that song is for you, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He was originally from Philly. Okay, congratulations to my daughter, Carrie. And the (gasps) whole reason I thought about that is because she loves that show, Fresh Prince of <laughs> Bel Air. Okay. Well, then she's got good taste. Yeah, she's got good taste. She's a great girl, and she, she graduated is. from Tory Pines High School today. Oh, one happy girl. So uh, there you go, Carrie. Awesome. I know you. I, I know you're too busy having fun rather than listening to your dad on TV, but. You're awesome, and we're proud of you. Uh, well, yeah, I, I meant to say congratulations to her. And you have raised a really cool uh, young woman there, Barry. Thanks. Now, now, what'd you give her for graduation present? Another horse? You're looking at her graduation yeah. present. Okay. <laughs> okay. She said, Dad, all I want, just fly Jesse out here Aww. for for graduation. So uh, oh, I flew Jessica out, and they, they've been like uh, twin sisters since they've been here. Awesome. Well, they look about the same age because Carrie so, looks older than Carrie Emory. looks older and. And Jessica looks like, you know, my 15-year-old niece Yeah, over there. Anyway, that sweet little face. Yeah, well, I'm just glad I didn't put a baseball bat in her hand sitting behind me here. Yeah, she's still sitting. But she's looking pleasantly okay, though. (laughs) I think you're safe for now. Yeah. Speaking of relatives, okay, and the campaign trail, Hillary, our gal Hill, seems as though, now I don't know why her campaign should not be struggling. This is a woman who has name recognition out the hoo-ha. She's got campaign money flowing through the money laundering scheme known as the Clinton Foundation. She's got the media in the tank for her. She never has to answer a tough question, yet she needs to relaunch her campaign. So she's decided, because anytime you do a relaunch, you kind of got to do like a Madonna. You know, you got to change your identity. You got to mix it up a little bit, change your hairstyle, you know, change your wardrobe, maybe put on a, you know, Jean-Paul Gaultier, you know, bustier. Well, she's decided what she's going to do to relaunch herself is she's going to bring out her dead mama, Todd. Okay, did you hear about this? This is true. This is true. She's actually going to bring her mom out on the campaign trail with her, kind of like that singer did um, when she did a video with her dad, Nat King Cole, and Natalie Cole did the... Unforgettable. Unforgettable. That's what Hillary's going to do. She's literally going to start showing videos of her mother on the campaign trail. And it's it's kind of creepy if you think about it. And In fact, I kind of thought... It kind of reminded me of that vacation movie where they strapped the dead ant on the, on the roof <laughs> of the car. Was that vacation? Yeah. <laughs> National Lampoon's vacation. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, what's next for Hillary to like exhume, what is it called, exhumation of the grave and like take her know, mother to a taxidermist and like trot her around on the campaign trail? Get a new campaign manager there, boy. I'm I mean, re- I mean, seriously. I mean, it, I mean, joking aside, I mean, that's pretty desperate. I mean, that's it's it's like she's trying to get creds with the women out there and the grandmothers and like to try to show she's common folk. But I think it's going to fall as flat as when she pretended she came under sniper fire in Bosnia, you know, to kind of get the military creds. Right. You know, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. So anyway, but you know what? In spite of the fact that she's kind of got all these scandals going on against her, she's got the email campaign, she's got the Clinton Foundation, she's got the Benghazi, because she's been getting the royal treatment from the media, she's been skating, and the Republican Party is giving her a pass, thinking, well, we don't have to attack her, she's going to fall on her own sword, and that's absolutely the wrong approach to take. And the only one who's been hitting her hard the way she needs it to be hit hard is Carly Fiorina, and the GOP... Uh, she's the one, I don't, and, and I don't know if you've got the clip handy of Carly, 
where she's talking about Hillary Clinton. But we need to hear more of this out on the campaign trail from the GOP candidates. Uh, I wish the New York Times would do more of a story on what Bill and Hillary Clinton have been doing with their money, or more importantly, what they've been doing with their donors' money to the Clinton Global Initiative. I mean, honestly, the question I think now for the Clintons is what else don't we know? What don't we know about your donors? What don't we know about the conflicts of interest that those donors represent when Mrs. Clinton is serving as Secretary of State? We're now found, finding out that so little of those charitable donations actually go to charitable works. They're hiring campaign staff. I mean, it's really amazing to me. So. Uh, you know, Marco Rubio bought a fishing boat. Wow, I'd much rather know about the conflict of interest between the Swedish government and our former Secretary of State. You know, boom. You know, what, you know, for the life of me, what I can't understand, Carly, is why she is being diminished, why we have a GOP establishment that is not getting behind this woman. You know, Hillary, they're taking it for granted following the old GOP establishment, you know, mindset of, oh, when, if your opponent's falling on her face, get out of the way. No, they got to stop taking it for granted that Hillary, that, that they're a shoe in for 2016. That's what Cruz was talking about with his TPP. So what? We're giving all this power to the executive branch. We're going to take the presidency in 2016. You cannot take it for granted. Just like you can't take for granted that somebody like Jeb is going to win. We need Carly Fiorina. We need her at least on the VP ticket. Shame on the GOP establishment and for Fox News for already plotting to keep her off the stage uh, when it comes time for the debate. Now, I don't know. There was a woman who made it onto the big time in terms of the stage today, Todd. Now, Barry hadn't heard of this woman. Okay. I asked Barry before the Um, show if he had heard about this woman out of Spokane. Okay, she's made every. They say everybody's going to have fifteen minutes of, of fame and be on the stage. This woman hit some fame. She is the head of the NAACP up in Spokane. Okay. okay? No, what's the big story there? Well, the big story there, Barry, has come to find out that this woman who supposedly was African American, come to find out, is she's oh, yeah, not yeah, yeah, yeah. African American. <laughs> but that's not even the the funniest part of the whole story. The funniest part of the whole story was was when she was busted. She wasn't even smart enough to sharpen the situation or Jesse Jackson the situation with a good answer. Here's what she said. Are you African-American? I don't I don't understand the question. Uh, I did tell you that, yes, that's my dad. And he was unable to come in January. Are your parents... And that's when Dojal walked away from our interview in such a hurry she left her purse and car keys behind. (laughs) Our photographer dutifully returned them as Dojal hid inside his clothing store. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's compl- funny. Yeah, I mean the the NAACP shouldn't can her just because she's white. Why couldn't a white person, you know, help promote the advancement of color people? But because she's too stupid to even answer a question. Well, you know, intelligence does have a lot to do with getting the right peer person in the right place. Well, okay? this is true. But you know what? She wasn't the only one going around pretending to be black. I don't feel no ways tired. <laughs> I come too far <laughs> from where I started from. No. country mayor palmer from trenton new jersey now you recognize that voice boss daddy that Did that sound familiar it to sounds you? really familiar Did to it? But, you, uh, but that you, was you, preacher woman hillary oh, okay. down there in the black church oh, okay. doing her preacher woman routine her preacher voice is worse than obama's when he gets going gets to preaching 
Well, I hope you all learned from some preaching. Speaking of preaching, I got to make sure you all know of an event that's going to be going on because I tell you who's been preaching it in regards to the border. I've been talking about all the border crises we face from the physical border to the economic borders to the virtual borders and, and everything that's been going on. But when it comes to immigration and the border crisis on the southern border, y'all got to come to the event that KCBQ is having for Ann Coulter. It's on Sunday, July 12th, 2015, and it's an afternoon with Ann Coulter. It's down at the Scottish Rite Center. It's only $35 to get in, and you get a book, and there's a book signing. Uh, so go to our website, am1170theanswer.com, and um, and click on the An Afternoon with Ann Coulter and come to this event because this is such an important topic. Nobody talks about it like she does. And right now she's saying, hey, you know, get ready, Canada, because if we don't stop what's happening here, we're gonna, all of us Americans, we're going to end up in Canada, okay? And it's a little too cold up there for me, Boss it's Daddy. I'm not sure I want to end up there. It's, it's colder than Philly. Nothing's colder than Philly. Wasn't well, that why, Jessica, you ended up in Florida down there because it's cold in Philly? Yeah, you know? and I ended up there because the people are cold there, and, and I know many Whoa. of them many of them that didn't want me around anymore. Uh-huh. You sure that was the weather out there? No, you said it was the people that were cold. That's was that right. the ladies? That's right. No. 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 All right. Well, I tell you what's hot. It's every Thursday and Friday night right here from 9 to 10 p.m. Pacific on AM 1170 and Tuesdays from 8 to 10 on AM 1170 p.m. Pacific time because that's close up on San Diego business with me and this man, Barry Waxler. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K5. Friend me on Facebook. Have a great weekend, everybody. Love you all. The Andrea K Show on AM 1170. The Answer is sponsored by Andrea K. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.